You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 372 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller, Fosma Moon, and a special guest today, um, Han from Chicago. And uh, Han is a frequent traveler and uh, was recently wrote something for the website Bougie Miles. Uh, is that correct, Han? That's correct, yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about that on the show. Because unlike the rest of us, he's actually traveling for fun internationally. Crazy, crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean let's let's I mean let's just dive right in, Han. Like you you recently took a trip, uh yes. Dubai and Bangkok in the same trip or is it No, two no, two, two separate trips. Yes. Okay. Um yeah, around mid December I went to Dubai and that was only for like a day or two and then uh Bangkok in January for about a week. So okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um which like so you were only in Dubai for a couple of days. How did that work out? You know, with okay, your well, travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know that that trip was more like uh, kind of test, testing the ground because I, I, you know, I hadn't traveled outside of the country in almost two years, and I just want to see hey, what, what's this like, and yeah. I didn't want to be out there too long because, quite frankly, I was a little you know concerned about COVID uh, and all the d- different protocols in different countries. But like uh, you know, Dubai has pretty reasonable. Uh, measures and um i'd been there before so i want to go somewhere i i've been before to mm. be familiar and yeah so i um but you know the main reason i did this was because i actually wanted to fly air france first class and uh there's a route for you know from cdg to dxb uh which has first class and i booked a business class award first and then i was able to upgrade uh, with cash uh and I, it was just kind of kind of experiment and that's what i wrote about in my piece for bougie miles oh sweet yeah so yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, let's talk about the Dubai trip first, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, and and just your overall feel, you know, going to Dubai uh, with Omicron, because I mean, this was right as kind of Omicron was making its, I guess, start. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what what was what was your thought process like as you went to Dubai? Okay, so like I'm on Twitter, I'm you know looking at all at my feed. I see Seth saying, "Oh, I'm going to cancel my flight to where were you going, Seth? Somewhere I, in the- I had London and then uh, Germany." Yeah. So then I was like, oh, you know, Seth is canceling. That makes me, you know, I wonder if I should cancel. <laughs> so, but then I was like, you know what? I, I, you know, I got to get out there at some point. Uh, I, I think it's going to be safe enough. I don't know. It's going to be such a short trip. I just, I'm just dipping my toes. Um, and I, you know, I've been very, very careful throughout, throughout the pandemic. Doesn't mean I wouldn't catch it, but, um, you know, I, I hear on planes it's generally safer. I don't know. Uh, you guys yeah. know more about that than I do. Um, and so I, I thought it was kind of a calculated risk. Um, and so I went, you know, via from uh, O'Hare to via JFK to um, Charles de Gaulle and then from Charles de Gaulle to Dubai. And I just I had two PNRs and uh, I can, again, I can hear Seth in my head, you know, don't do two PNRs. You can get in trouble that way. But, but I did it anyway, because, because really I wanted to have maximize my time in the, the first class lounge in, in uh, Charles mm-hmm. Hall. And, mm-hmm. and that was like really fun. It was a really interesting experience. Um, like would I do it again? Like, Probably not. I don't think I'd spend that kind of money to, to go to Charles de Gaulle and like spend time <laughs> in that fancy lounge. But but I wanted to try it once. And then when I got to Dubai, I, I was there really mainly for the uh, World Expo to 2020, which, you know, it's 2020, but it's, it was held in 2021 and 2022. So uh, delayed by a year. But, it, you know, it was, it was it was really interesting. You know, they had all the different displays from different countries throughout the world. So it was just kind of like catching the world all over, you know, in just one spot. Yeah. So, so when you said you had two PNRs, mm-hmm. your so your booking process was you booked Chicago to, to Paris. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. Yep, that's right. And then and then you did Paris to Dubai as its own. 
Uh, That's right. Yeah. Okay. I, the reason I did that was because I, I couldn't find the award space to go from O'Hare to uh, Dubai. Like, you know, there, there wasn't really good, good award redemptions at that point. So, um, and again, I wanted to kind of control my time at, at mm. Charles de Gaulle. That's why I did the two PNR thing. And, and again, I know that's problematic. That can be a problem with like, you know, Oh, we're not, we're not, we're not going to judge here. <laughs> maybe Seth will maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. Listen, I mean, I, I think there's, my thing about not having separate PNRs is especially in places where transit rules are very restrictive. And so like uh, Japan or Hong Kong or Singapore, there's, there's some places where literally you can't do that. They say explicitly transit has to be on a single reservation. Um, but, you know, they, I also don't think people should lie to Chinese immigration officials about doing transit without visa, but people mm. do. So, yeah. You know, I, well, I, I did I, the two I, PNR <laughs> thing also in Japan later, which I'll explain. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, fine, so, then. There, I was trying to make it so you didn't sound so stupid to me, you know? <laughs> crazy. It was crazy. Not it was crazy. It was a little crazy. It was. So, so, so what, then... Sorry, I mean, what did you think of La Premiere? So I've never actually done Air France first. Uh, La, La Premiere, uh, wow. You know, the the services on the ground are, are great. You know, they, they will, they will like, pick you up and, and take you to where you need. Now, when you do the two PNRs, that could be a little bit of a problem. Normally, you would be picked up at the jet bridge when you land at Charles de Gaulle, and, and they would whisk you away to La Premiere. But um, since I was at two PNRs, and they didn't really get my communication that I was coming on a separate uh, itinerary or a separate uh, trip, that, you know, I, I was left at the at the gate by myself i'm like where am i going and then you're just trying to navigate through charles de gaulle which is a nightmare um at least from at least for me i don't know maybe you guys are experts in no we all i think we all hate it yeah, i think we okay. all agree yeah. on that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I got lost in there i was like well, where am i going and i ended up in some business class lounge and then they you know they're like oh this poor american what's he doing and they they called somebody and then they came with a car and they put me up in the business class lounge and dro- drove me to the first class lounge and and you know they they're it's lovely you know like the service on the ground is very lovely the the lounge itself on the is on the smaller side um, um, it, it's really pretty. You you have to really like you know gastro. Um, uh, what is it? Um, gastronomy from France. What Gallic Gallic gastronomy? Uh, you know you got to really love that uh, to enjoy yourself there. And I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of French food, so it it was just okay in that regard. But um, you know they treat you very well, obviously. And then you know the plane itself, like the cabin, it's a four seat cabin. Uh, so it's it's very intimate. Um, I was trying to get a window seat, but uh, both were taken up by you know actually paying customers, and I was just upgrading. So I I just had one you know one in the middle. Um, but it was to myself, and it was nice when they had when the cur- curtains were drawn. You know, it was really nice. So when you when you went into De Gaulle, then did you? So you kind of had this plan. How long was your layover there? Like was it? I had like I think six to seven hours. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do they do they fly multiple flights then to to Dubai in the same day? Is that I I some I think sometimes they have two, okay. um, but the main there's only one with first class uh, at least when I was booking. Gotcha. And yeah, that was like midday. They left around I think one thirty. Okay. Interesting. And do they have showers and stuff in the lounge there? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. The showers are there and they're operating and they you know it's just almost like normal times except you know with the masks. That was it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, like a two-day trip, one or two-day trip. Like, are you testing as soon as you land to come back? Um. Yeah. Yes. Actually. So when I got to Dubai, what did I do? Yes, I got to Dubai, and then I took my antigen test that evening. Uh, and then I, yeah, then I was back on a British Airways flight to, to Heathrow. So yeah, that's that's what I did, and that was one single PNR from Dubai Heathrow, and then to JFK. I, I, I mean, before we go any further, I want to ask: What did you? What miles did you use to book the the Air France ticket? Was it 
Delta miles or yes, yes. Okay. Um, well, I just paid cash to go uh, from O'Hare via JFK to Charles de Gaulle, but then from Charles de Gaulle to Dubai, that's when I used the Delta miles, and it was only forty two thousand five hundred, I believe. Oh so, wow! Okay, yeah, it was pretty reasonable. And then the cash upgrade, which I disclosed, was about twelve hundred dollars. Okay, so I mean, they put a pretty nice premium on their F product. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. But like you know, if you're trying to buy that from you know from the site itself, then it would be something like, I, th- I think at least 10 grand, maybe more oh, wow. than that. Yeah. 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 yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. So you got, you got, you got a nice uh, little value out of that then. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That, that was the only way I would be able to fly that. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it, I think again, that Dubai flight somewhere between five and 10 and, uh, probably closer to 10. Wow. Did, did, uh, Oh, sorry. Foz, were you going to ask something? No. Nope. Oh, okay. I thought I heard someone sorry. pause there. Um, so then you said you came back via via Heathrow yep. and you did it on BA. How was how was BA and connecting in Heathrow and, and transiting? I mean, oh, uh, that was that was great. Uh, I, f- I flew on the A380 f- uh, from Dubai to uh, Heathrow, and I believe that was. Let me think now. Yeah, no, that that was in the old Club World. And, uh, you know, the only bad thing about flying business class with them is you have to pay extra to choose your seat. And on, on that flight, I, w- I definitely wanted to choose um, to make sure I got a window seat for more privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- those seats where you're like facing your your uh, your or companion or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's such a such a pain. Um, but, it, you know, it was nice. Um, and then when I, I I guess I was in. Uh, he threw for a while, a couple hours. Uh, I, I think I was in one of those. I was those galleries i Seth, yeah. can you help me out here um yeah, that's, that's what they call the business class lounges yeah 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 so i was in the bigger one i forgot which one there's, of the, that's there's, like the multi, there's the multi-story one and then there's that other one at the other end of the yeah i, I, I was in the multi-story north, yeah i forget which is north and which is south but yes i know what you're talking yeah about. i was in the multi-story one and that was that was it was nice the food that and i spread they made you sandwiches and, and it, you know it was pretty packed actually i was really yeah. busy and then um did, did you do the like the order it order from your seat and they deliver the food thing yes i did do that yeah okay. oh, and, it, and it worked out really well um yeah the qr code and all that stuff yeah, yeah. They, they just made a big announcement that they're going to continue to do that as an option as the lounges sort of return towards quote-unquote normal so no i think it's a good innovation yeah the south know. the south one is the big one okay big oh that's one. right no that's right no, i think that sounds right yeah so then after that i i was on the uh triple seven from heathrow to jfk and it was in the new club world seat with uh with the doors and uh yeah that was really that was that was special do you, do you think the new the new seat is innovative? I mean, is it comparative? I don't know how. If no, I, I don't think it's innovative. I mean, I think it's 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 just a reverse herringbone, right? So yeah. uh, with a door, but it's 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 nice. Yeah. There's a little bit of that privacy and got to be know, better I, than the old seat. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's definitely better than the old seat. Um, but it has it has nice finishes and you know it's brand new, so you just have that that newness factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did you get into JFK on time? I did actually. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You, you had to do the, you had to do the T seven to T eight shuffle. I'm guessing. Uh, I th- I'm trying to remember now. Continue I, I th- on American or no, actually, no, actually what I did was, um, no, but you went into town, didn't you? No, I went into town. I oh, did okay. go into town and, uh, hung out in, uh, somewhere in midtown for a day or two. Yep. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and then so I was on LaGuardia to... back home to Midway. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, Midway. Yeah. Wow. That's closer wow. to my house. So. Gotcha. Okay. A I'm Southwest. South, little, yeah. Little yeah southwest you, action. Yeah. You, you, I know you guys talk, uh, you know, yeah. smack about Southwest. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You go from Air France <laughs> La Premiere to Southwest on the same trip. <laughs> I, I think that's a you know, good exposure to the range of travel options. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I was in every kind of, you know, I was in uh, premium or I'm sorry. I was in, yeah, big premium cabins to, to, to economy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with the people still. So. 
so throwing a little spirit to balance it out. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so now with with Bangkok, this this was this was a trip now that's kind of in the middle of Omicron. Yes. Um, and what was your what was your risk? Uh, I guess tolerance like then, since you had already kind of dipped your toe in the water, were you a little more open to it? Um, okay, so let me give you some context. Um, now I I went to get the they have the test and go scheme. Um, mm. which you, you, where you, uh, you, fi- you fill out all this paperwork and you get some insurance covering your, your medical expenses for potential medical expenses. And you book a special hotel where you're going to be in for one night and, uh, you do all that stuff for your trip. And I had done that back in November, <clears throat> but they actually closed down the test and go scheme or suspended it. And on, I believe like December 22nd and, and they said, well, you know, as long as you're grandfathered, you know, as long as you, you know, applied before and you were approved, you should still be allowed in. And um, I think they were there was some news that they could maybe cut off anybody coming into the country like on January 11th or something like that. And look, but I was arriving on January 10th. So I was like, all right, they're still let me in. Um, I, I did all the paperwork. I have the approvals. I have the Thailand pass. Um, and, and and I, you know, I had booked first class on ANA 11 months before. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. 11 months, like on February, yeah, February 2021 is when I, when I booked it thinking, oh, you know, Japan, surely Japan will be open by then, you know, you know why, why? <laughs> <laughs> so 11 months from now, everything will be, will be great in the world. Um, but I didn't want to close that. You know, I didn't want to like, cancel that, that award booking on, on, uh, ANA. So then I, I called ANA and I said, Hey, you know, I have this, I have this ticket. I, I don't want to cancel it. You know, can I nest something within it? And they said, well, yeah, if you can find the flights, we'll, you know, we'll accommodate you and we'll like kind of quote, connect the two pnrs now seth is probably like rolling his eyes at me but like um but they you know i think as long as you're with the same carrier they they, they can kind of accommodate that at least that's been my experience with you know with annie yeah. and a couple other carriers and they said uh yeah you can do that so my original my itinerary is uh o'hare or was o'hare to um narita and then from narita to bangkok and then i stayed there a couple days bangkok to haneda and then haneda to jfk so um, it worked out. It just was really lucky that, that the nesting worked and the times worked and there was enough time for connections in between the flights when I was in the Japanese airports. Yeah. So then, I mean, another, was it another two day trip or two days spent in Bangkok? Was that no, no, no. I was in J- Bangkok about, I think five days. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what, what was open in Bangkok? What's the experience like there? Cause I'm, it's one of those like, Right. One of my concerns about traveling international is what am I actually going to do when I get to the place? And other than the day you had to spend sort of quarantining, waiting for. uh... Mm. Well, you know, like, okay, well, Bangkok's notorious for its nightlife. So a lot of that like bar stuff was not open. Not that I really care about that. But like, you know, all the you know, most of the restaurants were open. You know, a lot of the restaurants are open air Mm -hmm. and um, uh, and all all the malls were open. Uh it it seemed like it wasn't that different from when I was there before, except obviously people were wearing more masks. Um, and you know, I, I tended to, uh, ride in tuk-tuks and taxis and not avoid the public trans transportation there. You know, the same thing when I was in Dubai too, I just tend, tend to take taxis mm-hmm. and it, I think it, it worked out. You know, I, I had a lot of fun there. Um, I, I was, I, you know, you're always like concerned about like catching it and then not being able to go home. Right. Yep. That that's the biggest concern. I have a feeling they're going to drop that here in the U.S. sometime in the next couple of months. So, like I, he- I heard there's lobbying for that kind of thing. But but even if they don't, I mean, uh, if you're pretty careful, like I was pretty socially isolated for a lot of it. You know, like I was sitting by the pool and just hanging out there by myself. Or if I was out and about, I was it was always like open air places and I was trying to avoid 
dense crowds. Now, the great thing about being in Bangkok is that you can go to some like tourist attractions like um, the Grand Palace or Wapo, uh, and there's barely anybody there. It's like I had the these huge tourist attractions to myself, and you know I'm I'm hearing similar things about that kind of thing happening in Europe too. So, um, you know, there's pluses and minuses about going overseas right now. Yeah, yeah. Did did um, did Bangkok seem like was it busy with with you know, just citizens. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was oh, up and it was up and moving. People were out. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. People are up and up and about. They're they're going about their lives for wow. sure. Yeah. Okay. What did you think about ANAF? ANAF. Well, I rode the old ANAF on the way out, and it does feel a, a little bit like a cubicle. Um, like, and it's, it's strange. Like it, the the box almost like covers some of the windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was on, I, and I was on the way out. What was great was I was the lone passenger in F, so I had the whole cabin to myself, and you know, definitely socially distanced from anybody. Um, and so, you know, I was doted upon by the flight attendants, and it was it was great. It was a great experience, and I just kind of switched between different um, different suites. Well, you have a <laughs> suite to sit in and a suite to sleep in. Exactly, exactly. I, 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 I did that on Cafe when I did a Cafe one of the, one of the our Vietnam trip actually, Stephen, when I was going back. Oh. Um, I was like one of three people in the first class cabin and I had the seat and there was like the seat across the aisle. I was like, can I just do that one? And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. And they made up the bed. For it. It's really a nice. No. When, head up. Yeah. When that happens, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah. So the old one is, is, I think it's still pretty good. I mean, cause really it's the service and the food. And if you're really into Japanese food, um, uh, you know, ANA, you can't really beat that. And, you know, at one point they even accommodated me, like I wanted to try a bunch of sakes and they just like brought like three, three of them out and gave me like a little tasting menu thing. Um, and so when you're by yourself, they'll, they'll do that kind of thing for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and just, you know, it's a, it's a really solid product. It, it's, a, it's a little old, but, uh, um, I, but you know, when you're by yourself, you know, privacy isn't really an issue. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then as far as the, the new one, I tried the new one on the way, home and it's officially called the suite i believe um it's like def- definitely darker than the the old one um but but sleeker massive massive uh television screen um almost too big like if you have it on and you're trying to get to sleep it's, it's like <laughs> lights up the whole place <laughs> but but uh but it's great uh and again the food that was great like I, my mistake on the way out though was i ate too much in the lounge oh. and and uh yeah i was just like i kind of tapped out because they were yep. just trying to like feed me <laughs> Did, like, we're, we're sorry, sir. The, the flight is fully catered for all the seats. We figured you'd just eat all of that as the one. You know, if you take two seats, you got to take two meals, right? Yeah, exactly. We, can, we can't eat all this. Um, so when you, when you say it's it's a little sleeker, I mean, I think the the thing about those suites is it's kind of it kind of flows back into business too. Like those yes. huge screens and yes, oh, they're huge seats, and it's pretty it's pretty crazy what A and A is doing with their <laughs> business product business and, and first products. No, for sure. Uh, when you're on the new the new version, and I did like pop back in there to look at the the the, the J product, and it, it looks like a first class product. Yeah, you know, the, the what they call the room. Uh, it's it's it rivals a first most first class products. I think uh, I would have been perfectly happy in that, but I, I mean, I didn't know what the quite what the difference was from pictures. And when you can book first class um, using the Virgin Atlantic Sweet Spot, uh, you, I just like I just did it. jumped off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like one hundred twenty thousand uh, Virgin Atlantic uh, points. I guess that's what they're called now. Plus uh, some cash. I can't remember what the what the cash outlay was, but it, it, you know it was nothing worth it. Yeah, and and so in Chicago, was it the A and A Lounge, or do they use the the Polaris Lounge, or the Polaris Lounge? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and that, that was that was that was good too. I, I had never been in a Polaris Lounge, and uh, yeah, it, it was very clean. Like the the food wasn't that impressive, but I think they're kind of not operating at full, full yeah, uh, yeah. full power. 
And and when you got to Japan, I'm interested in the transit there because I've heard oh, sure. I've read like kind of some horror stories of people, you know, oh well, sir, your transit's greater than ten hours. You just have to hang out here because you know we sequester you away. Um, that that wasn't my experience. I mean, in in Narita on the way out, uh, it was pretty bustling in there. Um, now you know, like most most airports, not all the venues are open inside. So, yeah. um, but there were more than a few restaurants open and some stores for knickknacks and whatnot. Um, and I, I actually, I and I was like going to Narita. I just I, I know it's the older one and less like glamorous one, but like I. I, I enjoyed walking around there and exploring while I could. And I'm like, well, I guess this is like the most of Japan I'm going to get to see for the next, you know, God knows when. So uh, I appreciate that. And then as far as Haneda goes, that was my first time in Haneda um, ever. And it, it's definitely like bigger, brighter, fancier. Uh, but actually I, I felt like more of the stores were, were closed in that one hmm. in Narita at, when I, you know, when I was going through. So, um, so, so no real issues with transit then you just kind of, no, not at all. You know, and, and I, again, I think ANA really helped with like kind of putting notes in there, just telling people, you know, you know, while this is two PNRs, you know, we, you know, please make sure this person isn't bothered or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've, I've actually never flown to Haneda myself, so I'm, Oh wow. I'm fascinated. Uh, I would love to fly into Haneda, but I get, like you said, I don't know when that will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm torn on the, I guess, well, I have, I'm especially partial to the sushi place. Uh, in Narita, in Narita across, it was over on the United side. There's like, just a random sushi bar. I think, yeah, back in there, um, I could find exactly where it is that I have always very much enjoyed and, you know, been willing to, it's one of the few places where I'll splurge on airport food because I just find it so good. Yeah. Uh, but Haneda has a couple sushi places that I recall. It's, I don't know. I'm, I don't think it's, I mean, it's, it's certainly a brighter terminal, you know, yeah. more like better view, visual and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the lounges aren't, at least the business class lounges, as I recall, weren't very, weren't great. I mean, Sort of basic Japanese efficiency, but not luxury. Yeah, the ANA first class lounge there was pretty nice. Um, yeah, I've only done business, so yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it was anything like super special, yeah. but it you know, it was it was solid. Uh, you know, I haven't heard too much from Foz. Like, do you go through Japan very often, or have you in the past? I mean, I've done a fair fair bit, uh, but I mean, I, I've only done Haneda once. Okay, and I feel like everything was such a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> in a land far far away, far away. <laughs> it actually was a far far away but <laughs> I think I, I the, could, la- yeah. the last time I, I was in Narita was on our way back from Kwajalein oh, oh. Yeah, that trip yeah you had to bring that up <laughs> I should give I should give credit where do uh, the ANA lounges in Japan do have the the made to order ramen or noodles yeah. or whatever and the sake bar so there's some good there I mean, the thing about Haneda, right, it's really less about the airport and a lot more about the convenience. Yeah, going to yeah, yeah, going into town, from what yeah. I hear. Because you yeah. can take the JR, one of the JR lines, and you're there. It's like I was surprised at how fast I got there when I was last there because I um, was staying maybe in Shinjuku, and I think I was in Haneda in 20 minutes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Compared Which, to compared to nearly an hour for Narita, it's always more more than an hour, and you like you end up taking a depending on where you are in the city, you have to take a local line to the express, and then take the express from there. Oh yeah, yeah. Express. I've always done just the local subway from there. So like in London, I always just take the tube, but it's it's a long ride. It's like ninety minutes. Wow. Yeah, I've only done the Narita Express, and it was pretty nice. But yeah, it does feel far even with that. Um, well, it is far. That's why it feels far. It is. Yeah, 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 it's very far. 
Uh, I just want to say like one one more thing. Just going back to Bangkok for a second. Um, you know, now you know, they have actually reopened test and go, so pe- people can go. I think I think Bangkok or like Thailand in general is like one of the few places you can go as an American right now. Um, I, I I can't think of anywhere else in Asia where you don't have to do a very like a lengthy quarantine. Mm. Uh, I mean, unless you guys know, I, I can't think of any any place. No, I mean, I mean a lot of what? stuff. I know Vietnam is reopening soon, but you still have to test and quarantine. Uh, once you're there for, I think, three days. What are the, what's the rule in Singapore with the vaccinated travel lane flights? Is that still quarantine on arrival, though? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I think you still have to do, don't you have to do, like, testing every day for, like, seven days or something like exactly. that? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, which just not not my idea of vacation. Um, uh, and some people might not like the test and go scheme in Thailand either, but, but you know, people have written about it. I, I just want to give a little bit of a shout-out to uh, Matthew Clint of Live and Let's Fly. He, you know, he wrote a very uh, extensive piece about, like, how to – go through the test and go scheme the first time uh the, yeah. the 1.0 version and and uh that was very helpful uh that gave me some assurance that you know it would, it would go okay um that the current scheme now requires a second a second night i think on night on day five you have to go into another hotel and, and do another pcr test um so it's become a little bit more onerous but um I, I think it's still workable i think people get maybe a little bit hung up on you know all the testing but if you really want to go to, to thailand i think i think it's worthwhile I would, I would wonder too, like, okay, so how are they tracking? Like, how do they track you for that hotel piece? Is that, there's there's an app. Okay. There's an app. Yeah. There's an app and they, um, oh, when you're in that hotel, you know, you can't leave the room. Like they don't give you a hotel room key, so you can't go in and out. Okay. Um, that, that first night. And I guess now the fifth night too. Um, like you can go out and about and do your business. Uh, you know, days two, three, and four. But I guess now on night day five, you have to go into another hotel, and they'll take your. You know, they won't give you a key for that until you pass. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you? I mean, it sounds like you recommend Thailand because it is open, and this scheme kind of it works, and it's not too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I recommend it. You know, but you you have to have a certain risk tolerance, I suppose. You know, yeah. with all this stuff, but like. I guess I'm at a point where I, I kind of want to get out there again and and and, and ex- explore the world again. I'm just kind of tired of just like being here in the U.S. <laughs> but um, but it, you know, with all these things, there's there's a lot of risk involved. Um, I just been fortunate to be able to dodge the virus so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did um when you when you came back, did you mm-hmm. have any any issues getting tested overseas uh in a way that you know you could have results next day to come back? Because I mean, by this point, you we were doing the 24 hour. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, well, since, since you can just do the antigen test, I just hit, did the Binax ones, um, with, with a telehealth specialist yep. or whatever. And, yep. uh, I had no issues both in Dubai and, and Bangkok to do that. I mean, I was a little bit worried about it in, in Bangkok for a moment. I was like, uh, did I take this a little bit too early? Cause I did it like in the middle of the morning or something. But then, uh, you know, it, even if that happened in Bangkok, there's plenty of places, there's, there's a lot of clinics where you could take the antigen or even a PCR. Um, with Dubai, I think a lot of the hotels have, have uh, that service for you, although it's probably pricier there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that covers everything. I mean, you guys think of anything else? I mean, I'm fascinated. Uh, I'm, I'm a little jealous, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, I keep coming back to like, I'm glad you got to do it, but thinking back to like Thailand changing the rules twice in you know between around since you like since right yes. before you left and then changing yes. again it's like one of those things like is this worth the stress to me i maybe it should be but i don't know no I, I, your concern is warranted and you know and even when i flew back i think two or three days no maybe like a week after i got back they had that 5g crisis and so they they pulled a lot of planes you know yeah and was one of them right so um 
Yeah, there, I mean, there's so many, th- you know, weather could have gone wrong, especially during this time of year. I, there's so many things that could have gone wrong, but they, they, they didn't for me. So I think I'm very, very fortunate. But, but Seth, you're right. Like if the Thailand government pulls something, you know, you're at their whim, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, it, 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 right. Weather could happen anywhere. It's like I could get snowed in here. I could get snowed in in Dallas, it turns out. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But, like, and I get that. And that's part of traveling. It always has been. I just, I don't know. It seems. Like it's there's just the extra set of rules to account for that always that has me a little more on edge than I probably need to be, but it's just it's a little crazy. Yeah, I think I'm, the bigger thing. Oh, is go ahead. Sorry, Fuzz. I was just gonna say I think the bigger challenge is the rules constantly changing. If the, an extra set of rules isn't so uh, prohibitive, it's the fact that they keep changing on the whim. Yeah. No, I agree. Very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I, I I personally think if if the U.S. were to drop uh, testing requirements to re-enter the the U.S., the floodgates will open for travel uh, from for Americans anyway, and then yeah. you know. But we'll see. It would be it would be interesting to me if they just dropped it for vaccinated travelers. Mm. I, I think that would kind of create a more, I would say, I, I would say equitable, but it would create a kind of an incentive again, right, um, for people. Uh, the carrot. To, 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 yeah. Yeah, a carrot to say, look, you can do this international travel, no testing, and really kind of get people fired up to, 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 do, to, to go out again. And that – and it lessens the burden of you know, the worries when you're at your destination. I mean, you still have to worry before you leave, right? Because some of these countries of require you to test beforehand. But yeah. it, it at least gives you an incentive to go and come back without worrying. I'm going to get stuck somewhere and yeah. have to pay, you know, 10 nights at a hotel that I, I can't afford. Yeah, that's another thing about, like, why Bangkok was, uh, you know, appealing. Because you could stay there for cheap if something were, like, you know, like that to, were to occur. Um, Dubai, I don't know. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dubai, you have to mortgage your house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it also depends on where you go. I know when I went to St. Martin last summer, they had a insurance scheme that you were obligated to buy, and it was like twenty five or thirty bucks. It wasn't a big deal, but it covered your isolation lo- isolation lodging if that was required. Okay, that, so there's nice. some some of the insurance. There are some depending on where and what the plan is. There are some insurance plans that might help out in that. Most travel insurance does not. Mm. Um, so be careful about that but yeah i mean i can tell you every you know the three or four times i've done it now waiting for you know to sort of open that email or get the text or get the piece of paper saying you're you've tested negative there's certainly <laughs> some like like I, it's one of those like i've been negative i tested negative 72 hours ago whatever when i started this trip like i haven't actually interacted with anybody i should be fine but you just don't know and there's that like well dubai was the worst one because i was at the air show and like i even with a mask on at the show was still mm. interacting with a lot of people and there's a whole bunch of like yeah, I got the email. I'm like, well, here goes nothing. Click it and see what happens. <laughs> no, that's that's like uh, you know, I, I haven't been gambling very much because I haven't been going to Vegas as often as I used to, and so this this kind of takes takes that. Uh, that you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's kinda, it's like it takes the the edge off. You're like, ooh, I uh, yeah, well, open that email. Exactly. Wheel, let's see, you know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Roll the dice. Yes. <laughs> Pull up double zero. Uh, <laughs> I uh, now now I'm gonna have to start looking at reward flights tonight. Now I'm kind of like fired up, uh, Han. You're, you're Creating a monster. Actually, fly any of them? Oh, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Foz, I got to it before you. (laughs) Yes, I would. I would. Uh, And Thailand actually interests me. It's it's good to hear that it's semi back to somewhat normal. So yeah, and I I I think it's a great time to go if you're willing to take that you know that risk of of you know COVID stuff. But you know. as far as the, the the tourist attractions, it's it's great. Like there's <laughs> like, no people, <laughs> no people. It's it's perfect. Have you yeah. been to Thailand, Stephen? I've never been. No. Okay. Yeah. I was I was actually like Foz and I had a trip planned to Kuala Lumpur that we had to cancel um, in Emirates F, and Ooh. so I was I was actually looking at you know maybe taking a side trip okay. over to Thailand during it, but uh, not to be. So. Yeah. Bummer. Yep. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about a 
just news stories and Han, feel free to, to barge in and talk and, and, you know, tell us to move on if it's a boring subject. No. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is he a new producer now? Yeah. Yeah. We can have him as a producer. It's totally fine. You're hired. <laughs> Guest producer. Guest producer. Yes. I, I will just, I will mute myself and listen to you guys, but no, thank you. Come on. No. Right, no. All right, well, okay. Well, I'll see what you guys talk about. Okay. All right. All right so all right. Uh, the first one up, uh, it seems like Cutter is really doubling down on, on Boeing. Right. Like well, they don't just, have a choice. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I guess they could buy some Comax or something. If they really got desperate. Uh, but they're buying some 737 Maxes to their fleet. Yeah, it's a order for, I think it's 25 firm, 25 options. Uh, and it was tied to the, this came up, of, I think we even talked about it on last week's episode, that it was likely to happen, the freighter order. So the 777F or 777X freighter, uh, they are the launch customer for. And there's a vaguely interesting bit in that the number of orders placed just by uh, Qatar Airways has now exceeded the total of the A350 freighters ordered so far, even though uh, Airbus got on the board earlier from the Dubai Air Show. Uh, but they also added this order for the maxes, and it happens to match the number of A321 Neos that were canceled by Airbus. So shocking on that part. But uh, <laughs> it's also interesting because Qatar Airways had a max order from probably like 2015 or 2016, from a long time ago, um, you know, when, when it was first announced. And then when it bought Air Italy, or bought, was it Mer- Meridiana that they renamed to Air Italy and whatever, they decided they were going to build up a, an Italian airline using this Max order because they didn't need them in uh, Doha. And now uh, then the grounding happened, then COVID happened, and they used that as an excuse to cancel the order out completely. And now they've gone back and reordered basically the same planes. And so I can't help but wonder, did they get a better deal from Boeing the second time around? (laughs) It's a good question. I mean, the first time they bought them, it was the plane didn't exist yet. It hadn't been grounded. There was huge demand. Everybody, you know, not everybody, but like everybody wanted one. And now it's like Boeing's having to fight to sell them. And if you listen to O'Leary, right, at Ryanair, he's like, yeah, like Boeing's not even bothering to try with us right now. And they've got all these white tails sitting around the planes that aren't going to get delivered. So who the hell knows what's going on? Hmm. Do does I'm just thinking about what they're doing with these. Are they replacing because they have A320s right now, right? Like that's everything. Yeah, I, I was just trying to think, like, because they use some of that stuff to go to Europe, uh, some of those planes to go to Europe, and I know the Middle East destinations, and I think even India. They, yeah, they I would say these would be, especially if they end up with the, uh, I think they were the Dash 10s, which are mm-hmm. the bigger, mm-hmm. um, although not the, you know, it's not the Dash 8 200, so it's, there's, depending on which way you look at things, or what bigger really means, but in terms of seating density, but I think these will go, um, India would not surprise me, so like, right, the secondary markets in India, um, yeah. Although I have to remember, I think there were some challenges in terms of access to different markets in terms of how many flights they were allowed. So, yeah. um, but so sometimes bigger planes had to show up. But that, and I could see some of them going into shorter distance flights to Africa as well, depending on the cargo needs. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, next up, United might sell off a, a, a little stake in Mileage Plus. What? What's happening? Huge money, man. <laughs> Is twenty five percent really a small stake? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean that's it's a minority me, it's a pretty, stake. It's a minority stake, but it's not necessarily small. Yeah. It's a chunk. Yeah. Who are they selling it to? Chase. That was a joke, guys. No, no, <laughs> Chase already. That's the other seventy-five percent. <laughs> Basically, uh, you know, I. On the one hand, like the idea of a spinning off the loyalty program, right? It's always in vogue for certain investment bankers that think the money. Uh, the cash influx is worth it, and it's better to extract that out in a one-time lump sum deal for the airline. We've seen most of the programs that do that not be math, not be hugely successful. I don't want to say they've all failed, but Aeroplan is obviously the main example of got bought back in or brought back in and bought back. 
Um, there have been others that have, you know, limped along or moved along at some level. I want to say Life Miles, the Avianca, uh, the Avianca program was a separate company and got folded back in during its bankruptcy, uh, restructuring during COVID. So uh, there, there's a few that are still external programs. Air Baltics, I think, is still probably one of the bigger oh, yeah. ones. That does they're, that. they're a huge program. Well, <laughs> but here's, I mean, they're not. Obviously, the, the airline is relatively tiny, but for the size of the airline, the loyalty mm. program is surprisingly large, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, in part because it is a coalition loyalty program that includes sort of retailers and everybody else in the Baltics. Yeah. Who, who? So who are they selling this stake to, or are they looking to sell this stake to? I have no idea. I think it was PE firms. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, you know, nope. is always good for the end user. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that, right. That's from a traveler perspective, right? You know, the airlines are only can only get so creative in ways to screw tra- passengers with change to their loyalty program. But there's a whole group of people that's way more creative out there. Uh, which is not they're called, they're called McKinsey. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so Mesa, the, the regional carrier, uh, has made an investment in a new aircraft type. Well, aircraft is an interesting term. It's, <laughs> it's like a, it's a, was it a hydrofoil. It's it, yeah, but it looks like a seaplane. Yeah, there's a, there's a very specific, it's a, it's a specific name for this type of plane, a sea glider. Um, you motors out of a harbor on a hydrofoil takes off on the water um and it's called a it's ground effect uh oh yeah where it kind of it kind of glides it uses it's uh like the turbulence it generates off the water to help it lift lift it yeah 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 uh there's a name for this yeah um i'm trying to find it in the story here doesn't have it but it's like so in theory 200 of these could be delivered at some point in the future but what's really interesting about it um, it flies very low, so it is often not affected by fog, like it flies below fog. Mm-hmm. Um, so for search and rescue or medical transport, that can be helpful. Uh, it is also, it would be coastal operations only because it's along the water. And because it never gets above whatever the required altitude is, it is licensed by the Coast Guard as a ship, not by the FAA as an airplane. Interesting. So if you're wondering where your next single pilot airplane is going to come from, what if the FAA didn't have a say in that? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, it's, yeah, it's a super interesting concept. Uh, I don't know. I, I Oh, and there'd be electric, of course. Uh, no, of course. Hey, Seth, so. do you think they'll buy any of these in other markets, like the Maldives or something like that? So, that, I mean, that's the type of place where this sort of thing becomes actually useful. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that, like, connecting Jacksonville to Miami uh, or whatever, you know, little sea hops like that is nearly as useful but i do think that whatever the next generation of whether it's short takeoff or vertical takeoff electric type vehicles is going to be valuable is going to be an island environment so uh, the maldives is a great example i think i've talked to some people about doing it in the british isles uh up like the orkneys and the shetlands north of uh the main chunk of england or in scotland and then also there's certain areas in the caribbean where you could do like a San Juan base or a St. Martin base where like a win air today does a lot of hops between the little islands. Um, you know, imagine being able to do those without on a newer electric plane that's quieter and more efficient rather than the old twin otters um, or the uh, things like that. It's there's really, but you need, because the range is so limited and the payload is so limited, you need clusters of places where you can't otherwise do the transportation and islands is where that really makes the most sense to me. Hmm. 
Sorry to mention the Maldives, but uh, you know it's a travel podcast. So yeah, no, it's, no yeah, he, it's, it's, he's going to tell us that's our, his next destination. Yeah, no, no, it's, uh, no, it's just a joke among travel, you know, yeah. and, you know Maldives, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you haven't if you haven't flown in your private electric plane to your overwater bungalow, have you even really traveled? It's a real question. That's a yeah. that's a that's a deep philosophical question. You no, know, <laughs> salt water and electric and go so well. Batteries, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is what do you think Mesa's play is? In is it just an investment for them, or do you think they're actually looking to maybe deploy these somewhere? I mean, they're gonna have two hundred of them, so they're gonna have to do something. Yeah, are they trying to be the new Cape Air? Just they're just they're just gonna fly them, or I should say, float them from Boston down to New York on a shuttle, or you know, do Caribbean or Micronesia. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. All Good the point. leisure routes in Maine. <laughs> Um, what else do we have here? Uh, I think we're going to save these last topics for, uh, the bonus episode. Well, actually let's, let's talk about this one. I want to talk about this one. So because, because it impacts Foz, uh, so much or because I mean, he mentioned this. So, uh, there's a, there's a national, the Delta is lobbying for a national no fly list. I was opposed to it. I know they heard that and they're like, nah, let's piss him off. Damn it, Delta. Uh, so, oh, there goes our chance of getting Ed on the show for a conversation. Uh, <laughs> um, is, is he a Delta fanboy now? No, I'm sorry. I meant Ed Bastion. Uh, oh. oh, yeah, because that was going to happen. <laughs> we went from like, so you're saying there's a chance of Dumb and Dumber to zero. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so there's a chance. <laughs> so so a national, why why do you think that they're, what's, what's their goal with this? Is it just to make their lives easier when people are booking? And having well, a national no-fly list helps with that? The, the theory is that banning a passenger for inappropriate behavior on board is not sufficient because they just go fly a different airline because you know there's plenty of different airlines in the united states and in, in many markets there are in certain markets there aren't so you know maybe it's not really an excuse but uh the, the idea is that allowing the airlines to coordinate or allowing having the government manage the airline sort of contributed these people fought with flight attendants punched flight attendants whatever uh they shouldn't fly anymore and having that ha- handled more broadly would might actually be the deterrent needed because despite the sort of grandstanding from the dot and doj about zero tolerance and you know how many and whatever the number of incidents on planes remains far more than it should be yeah um, although you know i talked to a flight attendant friend who said they had a passenger massaging their own feet on the tray table somehow and i don't i'm just trying to figure out the logistics of i guess they had an empty seat next to them that they could like contort themselves and make this happen but when asked to stop doing it the response was well, there's no policy that says I can't. And you guys clean these between every flight anyways now, right? God. <laughs> and then continue to leave their feet on the tray table. So yay for society being horrible. It's it's literally like uh, the movie with John Candy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. It's it's literally like that is now the reality of travel in America. And, and I will say, Tafaz's point from, was it last week or two weeks ago, I'm not sure that passenger with their foot on, feet on the tray table should never be allowed to fly again. But there is a point, and you know, could, could a flight attendant say that it got heated or blah blah blah? I, maybe. At the same time, someone who hits a flight attendant probably deserves to not get on an airplane for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. And that I sucks, just, but you know, they, they, like, don't hit people. <laughs> it, it's, it's. I think we just need more New Yorkers on planes. I think it would just solve a lot of problems. No. Like, could you imagine this guy doing this on a on a train? Well, never mind, because New Yorkers I, I, would just ignore it. I, I, yeah, would like, I would like you to point point out, point to you to at the Instagram feed, people of Penn Station. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to have to look this up tonight. You, you do not send New Yorkers into this mess. It would only make it worse. Oh, it's it's just... it's I, we, we just need adults in the room is the problem. Han, any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't think New Yorkers are going to be the solution for you. I'm, I'm, I'm with Foss on that one. They're either going to make the fight worse or just ignore it because they've seen stranger shit on the subway. If there's any, either way, it doesn't actually help the problem. Yeah, as I thought about it more, I was like, man, eh, it's not a great idea. Because you, you'll inevitably get someone just taking a dump in the corner on the plane thinking it's okay. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little bit last time, too. Uh, but, call, yeah. call it food poisoning, not you know heroin and alcohol. Yeah, I did, I did have a question, though. So when someone gets banned from an airline, is that a lifetime ban or is it always something like, can they like appeal and then they get back on after a couple of years or something? I mean, it's at the discretion of the airline, so Okay. It would depend on the why and if you can make a compelling argument to get back in. But mm. um, I was reading something the other day and it couldn't tell if it was like on, it was on airliners.net, I think, uh, or one of the pilot forms. So someone was saying that they were a pilot and had been banned by Delta for travel, but had made it through the like screening round to get a job as a pilot on Delta. And could they bring it up <laughs> in the interview? <laughs> I would. I mean, just for the giggles, it would be hilarious. I would, I would wait till I, ha- I have a job offer, accept the offer, and say, "Am I okay to f- get on the plane?" So, how do I commute now? Like, yeah. I can operate it, but I can't sit in the back. What is the, what are the rules here? Yeah, um, just no deadheading, sir. Yeah, still, there, there was a legit question. Like, would they be allowed to deadhead to work? <laughs> Um, also, you got to wonder how they made it through the screen. Like, what systems are disconnected? Or they made it through the screening with that, but I don't know. Uh, do you think they just, you know, at each airport, they just have a, a board of all the banned passengers? I think it's in the system. Yeah, I think, think like think? names and various biographical data bits are matched so that, like, you know, you can't buy a ticket. We know from a old friend, at least, that uh, who got banned by Alaska, mm-hmm. that that was pretty effective. True. Yes. Very true. Yeah, except it wasn't because he was able to buy a ticket on at the time Delta with a code share. And until he made it to the gate and like the departure control system picked up that he was a banned passenger and then he was not allowed to fly, if yeah. I remember correctly. Right. So like the Delta system sold the ticket and pushed the data to Alaska Airlines, but Alaska Airlines didn't recognize it as a banned passenger until it took over the reservation at 24 hours out. And then he was screwed. Yeah. Uh, one last story and then we'll get to our bonus topics, which this week will be uh, a couple of things around transatlantic flights and uh, some cruising gone wrong or ending i should say um so if you're a patreon subscriber stick around for that but the last story is play the icelandic airline is adding stewart as its third u.s market it's sort of like new york but you know not but far um <laughs> not, you know they, they the the press release talked about how hudson the hudson valley is a tourist destination unto itself and people can go to uh what's the giant there's the shopping up there and there's a new lego land uh waterbury commons woodbury mm. commons one of the woodbury uh, Woodbury. I just drove yeah. by today. Like okay, like and like people go shopping on trips. I get it, but and I don't know. Like, is that enough to justify inbound tourism? I don't think so. Um, but is is this really any different than Narita to Tokyo, Gatwick to London? Okay. Well, I'd, I'd say you'd have to go further than Gatwick. You'd have to pick like Stansted or Luton. But okay. uh, uh, is it any different than those? The mediocre transportation, I would say, is the main difference. It's bus service, and it's there's you know there's a direct shuttle to the port authority, but there uh, is. I didn't know that they run it for the flights. To be fair, it's probably faster than a bus from JFK. No, depending on the time of day. Yeah, well, you're not stuck in tunnel traffic on the airport, or yeah, it's, eh. it's fifty something miles. Yeah, and most of it is on a most of it is on eighty seven. Yeah. Okay. It's 
it just feels like it's in the wrong place. Also, I mean, we'll see, right? Like, North Atlantic also said they're going to start service there. Um, they got a good deal on the gay space because of this, because they're going to be the first airline to show up there. I, also, I would say, like, with just 200 seats or whatever, 180 seats that they put on their A320s and A321s, you could probably, certainly during the high season, fill that up with locals who want to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's a pretty big catchment area up that way of people who live up in the Hudson Valley who are going to drive to the airport anyways. And if they can just drive to Stewart, you know, half an hour away instead of having to go to JFK or Newark that's an hour and a half away and pay a tenth of the price in parking or half price in parking, you'll put up with play or yeah. North, right? I yeah. mean, and a connection in Iceland. And yeah. the connections and the whatever. Like, the, or you just that's where you're going. Um, there is, I definitely think sort of high season these markets make sense. It's the winter stuff in the shoulder where it's, you've got to wonder what they're really going to be able to pull off. Yeah. So what's their other two markets right now? Uh, Boston and it's BWI first, and then Boston, and then Stewart. And I think they're like every three or excuse me, every three or four weeks, they'll open a new one up. Okay, three or four weeks or months? No, they're like doing one in March or April, and then I think it's April, May, and June. Like, okay. are each of the th- each of those three markets start? So it's wow. something like that. Yeah, I think it's, I'm trying to remember now. I know this one's June. I think I was looking at April flights to Iceland for the Boston inaugural that I'm not going to go on, but yeah. uh, we're not planning to. We'll see, but. Um, they won't well, sell I mean, me a refundable ticket. That was actually my problem. Oh, they won't sell you a refundable? They don't have. They don't seem to have a refundable option. And right now, I'm not particularly inclined to buy non-refundable, especially to park money with an airline that I may never fly. Yeah. Other than the inaugural, so um, I'm having a little bit of trouble on that front. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, well, I think that's a show, gentlemen. Uh, Han, I want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your experiences with travel in some really cool. Uh, cabins and to neat places that we haven't been in a few years. Um, thanks for joining I really us. No, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's it's great. It's like an honor to to speak with you guys. And uh, <laughs> no, let's not let's not get out of hand here. <laughs> so, well, no, I mean, I, it's just weird. I've been listening to you guys for years, so it's great. And and Seth, uh, thanks again for that air yep. portal uh, tip. You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're playing the air portal game, which is like the wordle but for airport codes, uh, I have a, the distribution of letters by order of airport codes that I posted on Twitter the other day, which is entirely too nerdy to be. You're enabling the cheaters. <laughs> Educated. Listen, education is useful, Stephen. I guess. I guess. Um, but yeah, Han, thank you very much for joining us and uh, look forward to maybe talking to you in the near future if you take some other cool travels. All right, cool. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. To, to our listeners, uh, thanks. And you can listen to us uh, uh, every week and you can sign up for Patreon if you'd like to hear more bonus topics. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.